This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation, and I am glad to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be on the program, as always, text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. You can get the show notes link, sign up for it. You get the podcast, the live stream, all of that. Magic. Shall we talk about magic? Just a little bit. I want to talk about magic. This is relevant. I'm a professional. Stick with me here, people. When you see things you don't understand, your your brain can't process them. They sometimes could be interpreted as magic. We know in ancient societies... A lot of things were dreamt up uh, and explained by the gods doing things because the people didn't understand what was happening. Just take the seasons, for example. The Greeks had an entire story revolving around their deities that the daughter of Demeter, one of the uh, sisters of Zeus, her daughter Persephone, was dragged to hell by Hades, the brother of Zeus, and forced to marry him. And her mother, Demeter, the goddess of the harvest, killed off all vegetation on planet Earth in response. And a deal was struck that her daughter would arise from hell to spend time with her mother, but would have to go back. And that explained the seasons. The rebirth in spring was when Persephone came back from Hades. And then the fall and the winter were when she had to leave and go back and her mother got sad again. And that was how they explained the seasons. As opposed to the world orbits the sun and tilts on an axis. Far more romantic, though. But you can imagine things seem magical. So, you know, I I went to seminary, had a professor who had grown up an atheist, was actually a math major, and he could go on an entire dissertation about folds in space and how you can see in, in quantum physics and the like and things way over my head that something like the resurrection, totally possible, and in a fold in space somewhere there exists this this human God, Jesus, who will return and on and on and on. It's actually a very fascinating conversation. To us, magic. 
to my seminary professor is just a mathematical equation and some physics thrown in. We would say miracle. And that leads me to the UFOs. It should, should it not, be the biggest story on planet Earth. The website, The Debrief, has the story, a whistleblower who claims information has been illegally withheld from Congress. He filed a complaint alleging he suffered illegal retaliation for his confidential disclosures that there be aliens. His name is David Charles Grush. He's 36, former combat officer in Afghanistan, uh, worked for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, the National Reconnaissance Office. He served as the Reconnaissance Office's representative to the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force from 2019 to 2021. He was the co-lead for Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Analysis. It's representative to the task force, which was established to investigate UFOs or unidentified anomalous phenomena. Grutch says uh, they have recovered partial fragments through and up to intact vehicles that have uh, been for decades through present day by the government's allies and defense contractors. Uh, Analysis has determined the objects retrieved are, quote, of exotic origin, that is, non-human intelligence, whether extraterrestrial or unknown origin, based on the vehicle's morphologies and material science testing and the possession of unique atomic arrangements and radiological signatures. In other words, there be aliens. Now, he was on an interview on News Nation. Listen to part of this interview. The UAP task force was refused access to um, a broad crash retrieval program. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft if you will, non-human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. You're kidding. No. I thought it was totally nuts, and I thought at first I was being deceived. It was a ruse. People started confiding in me. They approached me. I have plenty of current former senior intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided in me they were a part of a program. They named the program. I've never heard of it. And they, they told me, based on their oral testimony, um, and they provided me documents and other, other proof, that there was, in fact, a program that the UAP task force was uh, not read into. Jonathan Gray, this from the debrief, is a generational officer of the United States intelligence community with a top secret clearance who currently works for the National Air and Space Intelligence Center, where the analysis of UAP has been his focus. Previously, he he had experience serving private aerospace and Department of Defense Special Directive Task Force. Quote, The non-human intelligence phenomenon is real. We are not alone. Retrievals of this kind are not limited to the United States. This is a global phenomenon, and yet a global solution continues to elude us. So there you have it. A whistleblower says, we have objects of non-human origin, 
in possession of highly secret black programs. And nobody's told Congress, and he wants Congress to know. Now, this comes on the heels of Harry Reid, who was a big advocate when he was the Senate Majority Leader and the Minority Leader for the Democrats, uh, who was a big proponent of the idea that perhaps UFOs were real. There have been stories over the years of unexplained aerial phenomena, and some of it is striking. I've got to say, as someone who's skeptical of it, some of it is very striking. Some of the reports were, for example, a teardrop-shaped object descended rapidly from 80,000 feet where it was picked up on radar to the surface of the sea and went up again and at one point uh, flipped over on its side and accelerated from hovering above the water to supersonic speeds in no time and instead of turning left, just moved left. So it was going perfectly straight and then on its side uh, moving to the left. It didn't actually do a turn. It didn't make an arc. It didn't do a left turn. It just suddenly was going straight and then off to the left. It's how do you explain it? Some of these things caught on video. But I, I have to tell you, this isn't the big story of the day for a reason. And it's not the lead story on this show for a reason because of the level of skepticism. One, skepticism of the debrief that has been pushing the story for a while. And two, general skepticism in and out of government that actually what we're looking at is not alien origins, but probably military competitors and probably China. The Chinese, you will note, have not been having uh, unidentified aerial phenomena over their bases and over their military installations like we have that we know of. Now, maybe they're they're more secret about it, but even they have whistleblowers. I find it just, oh, I don't know. You've got an advanced, just, 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 just follow along with me here on the logic. You have an advanced alien species that is somehow able to achieve faster than light travel to get here or is so far advanced that it launched its equipment thousands of years ago to avoid dealing with faster-than-light issues. So it arrived, and the American military just happened to capture it. That, that's right. We've got an advanced species that was able to achieve interstellar flight, and we just happened to capture it, really? Or, or better yet... Better yet, I love this one. We have an advanced species that achieved interstellar flight of objects for observation of the Earth, and the only thing they're interested in observing is the American military. Somehow or another, our radio transmissions from today have made it that far into the universe that an alien species somewhere knows it should be threatened by us and only us. Because this isn't happening to the British or the French or the Australians or the Chinese or the Japanese or the Russians that we know of. And maybe it is, but some of these nations are malicious gossips. Do you really think the French could keep this secret? The French, by God, would have surrendered years ago to the aliens. Sacre bleu! They surrender! I mean, yeah, really, the French. The aliens show up in France and it's like, let's raise the white flag! Pour out the cafe au lait and bring him a chocolate eclair, s'il vous plaît. 
more. Maybe it's the Chinese. Just, just maybe. Maybe there's a simpler explanation. Maybe it's that the Chinese or some other nation, but probably China, has developed advanced weaponry, and we look at it as magic. We look at it as aliens because we're not caught up, and we assume our superiority. And because we assume our superiority, we presume they haven't been capable of surpassing us, and therefore what we see must be alien. But I just find it highly probable that somewhere in this galaxy, some civilization achieved faster than light travel of a highly complex piece of equipment, got it all the way through to the solar system, past the other planets, through the asteroid belt, to the planet Earth, and some redneck soldier from South Alabama captured it. I have a hard time believing that. I understand many people do believe it. But that's the reason it's not the largest story of the day. But more than people believe it, I suspect some people just want to believe it. Because it's far easier for some people to believe that there be aliens than there might be some other country on the planet with more advanced weaponry than ours right now when we're supposed to be dominant. Sleep better at night thinking it's aliens, honestly. Bolin Branch uses the finest 100% organic cotton from family farms to your family home. They've got a natural unmatched softness and they get softer with every wash. Those are the highlights that Bull & Branch wants me to tell you about. Let me tell you about my experience as a longtime customer. Every single room in our house has Bull & Branch sheets. Why? Because they don't pill up over time. Uh, you know, some, they, they get a little like like pill of whatever they call it, and, and they get rough. They don't. They get softer every single wash, and they last. They don't wear out. You don't have fraying threads. They just are fantastic, and they really, really do get softer the more you wash them, and they hold up over time. We love them in our house. They've got the perfect weight. They feel kind of snugly, but you don't get hot in the summertime under them, but you stay warm in the wintertime. It's just, it's it's perfect. I love these sheets. Get 15% off your first order of and Branch sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com, that's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You will love these sheets as much as everybody in my family does. We got them on all five beds in the house. You can too. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you are buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, buying out a business partner, it's for your business and you need $250,000 or more, First Liberty might be able to help you. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. Tell them I sent you, firstlibertyga.com. Yes, they're headquartered in Georgia, but they help businesses nationwide. So if your business needs access to large amounts of capital, can't get it from other lenders, well, First Liberty makes their own decisions, firstlibertyga.com. I, you know, I just put this on Twitter just to, to sum up everything, just, just so you understand that uh, what the debrief and these people would have us believe, what we are expected to believe, is that an alien species achieved faster than light interstellar flight, made it to our solar system, made it then to the third planet from the sun through the asteroid belt to the United States of America, and some lower Alabama redneck soldier both captured it 
and kept it a secret instead of mounting it on its wall on his wall. And we're supposed to believe that. I, I I beg to differ. Now to the phones, Andy, you're going to be up next. Thanks for being patient. Welcome, Andy. Well, Andy gave up on me. I guess. Um, sorry, Andy. Call back. Uh, if he, he he sat on hold for quite a while and. Um, I guess he gave up on me, but, um, all right, we got to move on. (laughs) Uh, by the way, to those of you who wish to call in, I, I run the show. I I want you to know, I, I, I have a firm grip on the show, but my call screener just says he's just, he can't bring himself to take UFO phone calls. Um, so I don't blame him. Um, the, I'm, we, we got so much other stuff we need to talk about anyway, so we're just, we won't deal with the UFO calls. So just, just, just think about that. You can call, but we're probably not going to talk about the UFO phone calls. What we are going to talk about is the Department of Energy has proposed a new rule. This is from e News, the Energy Wire survey. Remember, they're not coming for your gas stove and they're not going to ban gas stoves. But half of gas stove models sold in the United States today will not comply with a first-ever efficiency regulation on cooking appliances, according to an analysis from the Department of Energy. The projection, which the Department of Energy posted online two weeks after the rule's release, aims to provide clarification on the impact of the rule. The Department of Energy says the cooking regulation will preserve some market space for gas stoves, that have at least one high input rate burner and continuous cast iron grates, two features the Department of Energy determined are priorities for the public. Both features use a lot of energy. However, 50% of gas stoves sold on the market will not be compatible with the regulation. Now, what's going on here is the Department of Energy is trying to crack down on uh, prosumer models. You see, you can get gas stoves in the country that don't put out a whole lot of heat. They, they don't have big burners. But a lot of consumers, particularly upper middle class consumers, are upgrading their kitchens. And in upgrading their kitchens, they're actually going after what they call prosumer models. Um, so, for example, I mentioned before, you, you've got big, like, um, what, um, a Blue Star and Thermidor and Wolf and Viking, and that's their target. And it's going to be harder and harder to get uh, those prosumer models that are a couple thousand dollars but not $20,000. They want to wipe that market out. So you either get a really cheap model or you get a majorly expensive model, there will be no in-between with these regulations. Remember, they told you it wasn't going to happen. Listener Andy says, we forgot about the Wakandans. It, 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 the UFOs could actually be from Wakanda. Y'all, there, there's, a, um, there's an account on Instagram. I forget who the guy is. He is he's an Afri- not African-American, but actually African guy who comments on the absurdities on, on social media. And he had this video the other day of some roving reporter who was putting a microphone in people's places, asking them 
to name countries in Africa. Could they name three countries in Africa? <laughs> the first woman. <laughs> the first woman. She named Madagascar. And then she named Madagascar 2 and Madagascar 3. <laughs> Someone else listed Wakanda. And then another one named, uh, instead of Zambia and Somalia, named Zamalia. <laughs> but my favorite was the one at the end where the girl says, is this a trick question? Africa is Africa. I mean, Africa is its own thing, like the United States of America. <laughs> oh, we're going to lose to China, people. <laughs> I just, Madagascar, I mean, the girl was like, Madagascar. The guy was like, yes, that's one. And then she's like, Madagascar 2, Madagascar 3. <laughs> oh, my gosh. People, and then I realize, I realize the way those things work is they have selectively edited out the people who could actually name uh, legitimate countries in Africa, and they only wanted to focus on the idiots. But there were a lot of idiots. Oh, it's like an assembly of Congress. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what do you call a gathering of idiots? A Congress. Um, it, goodness gracious. Yeah. <laughs> Africa is its own thing. It's like the United States. Is this a trick question? Uh, Africa is Africa. <laughs> I'm sorry. The aliens, but somehow the aliens were captured by a redneck soldier from lower Alabama. And he didn't mount it on its wall. On his wall, he decided to keep it a secret. But somehow, I... All right, I I gotta I gotta move on to other stuff because I'm I'm gonna go off on these tangents of idiots. Okay, let's move on from Wakanda. Oh wait, dang it! Now I've got to. And now, deep thoughts by Kamala Harris. And as always, Wakanda forever. That was Deep Thoughts <laughs> by Kamala Harris. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. We can move on. There's this scene in the movie Batman Begins. So the Christopher Nolan Batman series is, I, I don't actually think it's disputed, is considered the best um series of superhero movies you have superman the classic christopher reeves uh superman movie which kind of set the gold standard for superhero movies and then you had the sam raimi spider-man movie and the sam raimi spider-man movie elevated the genre of superhero movie to something serious then you got to christopher nolan We'd had uh, Tim Burton's Batman, which was a solid flick. They went downhill from there. But Christopher Nolan did a brilliant series of movies about uh, Batman where you you learn a few things that you deduced if you were a longtime reader of Batman comics over time 
that uh, Bruce Wayne was actually the character and alter ego. Batman was the real guy. Bruce Wayne was the character Batman played to be in disguise. You, you learned that. You also learned this theme throughout the three movies, and it's really elevated in the first movie with Ra's al Ghul and his destruction of Gotham, that cities rise and cities fall, and cities have a character, and when the character gets out of hand and corruption is let loose, cities begin to collapse. And in the second movie, the Joker bets against the people of Gotham that they will not be able to rise to the occasion. In the third movie, Bane, of course, decides to pit the... Uh, the, the poor against the rich in a class warfare struggle to destroy a city that he ultimately intends to nuke anyway. All three times, essentially, the, the, the victim is not an individual but the city of Gotham, and Batman must save it. And in the first one, Ra's al Ghul, played by, uh, oh, what's his name now, um, uh, Liam Neeson, says that uh, the, the League of Shadows that he's the, the leader of has throughout history gone and destroyed these cities, that they burned London, they caused the Chicago fire, and uh, he, they caused the earthquake in San Francisco, you, you name it, the, the collapse of civilization. And now it's time to tear down Gotham because it's gotten too licentious and too corrupt. There is also a pattern throughout the centuries of cities getting to the point where the rich within the cities segregate themselves from the rest of society and the cities slowly begin to collapse. The suburbs became a thing when workers who had mobility could leave cities. It's one reason, for example, the climate change left is opposed to even having a, like as we discussed yesterday, a plug-in hybrid car that gets you distance. They want you in an electric vehicle that gets you maybe 400 miles if you're lucky in optimal conditions before you have to recharge because it dissuades you from a lot of travel. It dissuades you. They, they want to find a way to keep you closer into cities. They don't like the suburbs because the people who could then packed up and left. It's the same thing with school choice. I mean, let's be honest. If you... You have school choice. The people who can will leave, leaving behind those who can't. And those who can't many times are the problem souls in society. And so we will have a group of public schools out there that are absolutely failing, that serve as babysitters to future juvenile delinquents without anyone there to be educated. And the left views that as bad. And my view is we should allow those who can escape to escape to get them a good education because they are our future and we should be allowing them the escape. Of course, some kids aren't going to be able to take advantage of it, but maybe perhaps if we reduce the numbers and those schools are small, the teachers can then focus and maybe save some of the lives of the kids from failing homes who are left behind when the other kids are able to take advantage of school choice. It actually might do everyone a favor. The left is convinced it'll bring about the collapse of society. What's actually collapsing are the cities of America. The rich white people have either placed themselves in their towers above the city or have moved on from the cities. San Francisco is the latest. Uh, the largest hotel in San Francisco is a, is a Hilton hotel 
in downtown San Francisco, its lender or its owner rather has decided it's going to surrender the hotel to the bank instead of paying. San Francisco used to have the highest occupancy rate in the country for hotels. That is uh, the number of nights per year that hotels were occupied in any given night in San Francisco, the occupancy rate would be about 88%. In other words, 88% of hotel rooms would typically be full in San Francisco on any given night of the year before COVID. The number fell below 50% and has only rebounded to about 60% at this time. Now, full disclosure. So I am in, as uh, most of you know, Atlanta, Georgia. And I actually live about an hour, 15 minutes south of my office. There are many times that I have events on the north side of the city. And it is too burdensome to try to drive home and be up the next morning and Sometimes I schedule multiple meetings back and forth, and I just stay at a hotel in the city. And there have been multiple times in my life where there have been no available hotel rooms in the city of Atlanta because they've had conferences, and they're building more hotel space there. And in the last year, it finally hit a situation. After COVID, it never happened. Was never not able to find a hotel room. And now suddenly, in just the last few months, I ran into this problem where I couldn't get a hotel room in the city. It's completely rebounded. In San Francisco, it has not rebounded. Crime is a big issue. The mayor of San Francisco is battling a crime wave and has asked for $63 million more for police in the city for the fiscal year. The budget for San Francisco is $14.6 billion for a county and city combined. The $63 million increase for police is a 9% increase from what police say would get them through the year. Police would receive a little more money in their paychecks and they'd be able to hire some more. That's a massive increase in money for police and the city is failing. And what often happens is white paternalism there are a lot of white, rich people in the country who have embraced the idea that the country is systemically racist, and their idea for getting out of that systemic racism is to wash their hands of the whole thing and just let the non-white people have it. So they're giving up on cities. Hey, if you're if you're a non-white homeless person and you want to take a dump in the streets and shoot up heroin, we're going to let you. It's your choice. You're an urban camper. That they want to absolve this. This is one of the reasons I think that that blacks who support reparations need to rethink it. Look at what's happened with rich white people in your cities. The moment you get that reparations check, those rich white people are going to say, well, we've done it. We're leaving. You want to poop on the streets and shoot up heroin? You go have at it. We're, we're done solving it. We see this already in these progressive enclaves like San Francisco, where rich white secular atheists throw some cash in the direction of non-white people and say, we're done. Live your life. Who are we to judge you pooping on the street? We're not going to live here anymore. And it is these rich, white, secular people who are leading the collapse of the cities because they are the ones who have embraced the ideas of systemic racism. And to make up for it, they're telling the, the black residents and the Hispanic residents, the city, well, we won't send police to your neighborhoods anymore. We'll make it up to you. We, we, we won't enforce laws in your area because those laws are systemically racist. 
And what's happening is it's dragging cities further down. The rich, white, secular atheists of America are destroying the cities of America by their paternalism and by their embrace of wokeness and thinking that non-white citizens of America don't want police and don't want to be protected from crime and, and, and don't want safety and security. San Francisco is the beginning of this. It's starting to happen, though, in Chicago. It's happening in New York City. It's happening in Los Angeles. Major cities where progressive white people decide, you know what, we're just we're going to let you guys have the cities and we're going to pull the police out and we're, we're going to pull the infrastructure out. We're just going to let you have the city. We're, we're going to go to our high rise or we're going to go to Aspen and you can have this and, and by gods, these are your reparations. And these cities go to hell in a handbasket because they've gutted the infrastructure. They've gutted the police. They don't want to fund it. They don't want to fight crime. And it's, it's the rich white people doing it. It is not the non-white citizens of America who would very much like to have police in their communities. But the rich white progressives of America are like, no, no, the police are bad and racist. We're, we're going we're gonna to spare you from them. It's, it, it's, we're we're going to take one for the team for you. San Francisco is collapsing because of it. And a lot of these other communities are. And the societal ramifications for all of us are pretty big because these cities – have been economic engines for a very long time. And as they decline and they go away, there's going to be a lot of infrastructure there and a lot of people left behind in the rubble that we're still going to have to deal with as a society. And all I can think again is going back to yesterday, do you know, if we would restart and fund again the middle institutions of America, we could actually make a meaningful step towards improving the lives of a lot of people, taking them off the streets and rehabilitating them for real but it's the secular rich people who don't want us to do it in the name of systemic racism. And they'll live in their high rises and have their chauffeurs and go to Aspen and leave the rest of us to have to pick up the pieces that they very smugly assure us aren't real pieces, but just part of American systemic racism history. Now I got to move on and I want to move on first with vision computers and tell you that my kid, I did see him. He actually came by my office brought me a cup of coffee and said, I got to go home. I got to meet Ford, his friend. Uh, they're, they're playing a video game over the computer vision computers made for him. They got him a great internet set up for it. I didn't even think about the, the lag time on the internet. They were able to get him squared away. And they did it by just interviewing me on my son wanted a gaming PC. It is over my head, told him what he plays, what he wants. And they built him the PC of his dreams. My gosh, I barely see him. And it's great to a degree, but I did have to finally learn how to turn the Wi-Fi off at certain times. So he comes out of his room. Now, Vision can do this for you or your business. All you do is sit down with them, tell them your needs, and they will build you the computer. And then the great part, like my kid with the technical support, he's got the number. They left the number with the computer. And if he's got a problem, like he wanted to get his Outlook email set up the other day, he never even asked me. I know how to do it, but he called Vision Computer, and they did it for him over the phone. They remoted in and did it, and they do that for anybody who buys a computer for Vision. Not only that, for your business. You buy your your computers for your business for Vision, they'll do it for everybody in your company that has a Vision Computer. Or you can pay them an annual fee, and they'll do it even if you didn't get your computer from them. Reach out to them, visioncomputers.com, or call them 404-COMPUTE. Tell them, Eric, since you get the Eric Erickson special, 404 Compute, anywhere nationwide, Vision Computers can be your computer expert and your IT genius. Visioncomputers.com or 404 Compute. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. A personal note, if you will. Um, 
My nephew, Luke, has just gotten on a plane to Houston and will be headed off to somewhere in Texas to boot camp. He decided when he graduated from high school a few weeks ago that he wanted to join the Air National Guard. He wants to fly planes, uh, not fire jets. He likes the big, big cargo planes and the like, and decided he wanted to serve the country and fly planes. And so he is headed to boot camp. Uh, My sister, my older, I've got two older sisters, and and my middle sister is his mother, and uh, this is her baby. And, oh, I should be the good brother and call and check on her later, uh, make sure she's doing well. She's a little upset. Uh, He goes away. Uh, We'll come back, I'm sure, without all the hair that he walked onto the plane with. Um, We're not allowed to send him anything. Uh, We can send cards, and that's it. Um, Can't send him money. Can't send him gift packages. He's got to go through the next few weeks and just get notes, and that's it. So we'll send him notes. Um, But I'm kind of proud. Um, I have friends who at this point dissuade their children from joining the military. They think it's gone woke and the like, and they dissuade their kids. And I'm just, nah, God bless the USA and our soldiers and military and Luke going where he's going. Now, before I go on, I got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm because, you know, as we went to the Barnsley Gardens up in North Georgia. It's a great resort. Uh, it's off the radar. People don't know about it. I'm kind of glad because I can still get a reservation up there. A great golf course. They use the Eden Pure Thunderstorms in all of our hotel rooms because the hotel rooms are little cottages and they have fireplaces and they can get a little smoky. And we just got there, unplugged the Eden Pure Thunderstorms when we got there. Um, but they they use them and they wiped out the smoky odors, really wiped out the smoky odors. I've stayed in these rooms when they haven't done anything for them and, and you could tell someone's used the fireplace. Uh, they work. They eliminate odors, smoke odors, litter box odors, pet odors. This this hotel used them. It was great to see. I thought they were trolling me at first, but they really use them. You can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is Eric, my name, E-R-I-C-K, on the front page of the website. Go to EdenPureDeals.com today. Put Eric in and get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms less than $200.